This is the Harvest Baptist Church Fighterverse podcast. We're going to be taking a look at uh, implications and applications on Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. So this is our Monday edition. Our mission as a church is to know Jesus Christ and to make him known. I believe that we see God most clearly in his word, and this means that knowing and rightly applying the scripture is the best way to both get to know the Lord and to teach others about him. So thank you for pressing play and listening in. I'm Keith Meyer, and I'll be serving as scripture interpreter and applier today. Our fighter verse for this week is from Philippians 2, 8, and 9. I'm going to read the fighter verse and then walk through a series of applications using a question and answer format. It's the uh, Space Pets acronym. So uh, turn in a physical Bible if you've got one handy, and uh, we'll read Philippians 2, 8, through 9. The fighter verse says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So as we look at Philippians chapter 2, verses uh, 8 and 9, our context for this passage, uh, context is a, a, a fancy way of, of saying what, um, what has led up to the writer making this statement. Uh, when we come to verses 8 and 9, uh, we have walked through chapter 1 where Paul's explained his motivations and the way that he's thinking um, about the, the Philippians. He's thankful for them. He's praying for them. Uh, he doesn't want them to be disturbed because he's been imprisoned. And then he says in verses uh, 2 through 4 that he wants them to, uh, if, if they've received good things from Christ, if they've been encouraged or comforted, if they've uh, participated in the blessing of the Holy Spirit, he says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So he says that they're to count others more significant than themselves and not just look to their own interests. And then he tells them that he wants them to have the mind of Christ in them, which is theirs in Christ Jesus. Uh, He didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself and took the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. And so what what we're looking at here is Jesus' example uh, that he uh, he emptied himself, he humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, not divesting himself of his divinity, uh, not not lying, not not laying that aside, so that uh, he could somehow uh, cease to be God and uh, become human. But instead, he lays aside aside his prerogatives and takes the form of a servant um, to uh, to to. He lays aside the free exercise of his divine attributes, right? Doesn't cease to be God. Uh, This is what's called the humiliation of Jesus. And if you uh, imagine an ark that begins in heaven, right? Uh, An ark, a line, not a big boat that saves you from a flood. Uh, if, If you imagine an ark that comes from heaven and slowly descends to the, uh, to the depths and then, uh, ascends back up on the other side. The first side is the humiliation as he, uh, he lays aside his glory and enters the world in the incarnation. And then, uh, so he, he 
takes upon humanity. He, uh, he suffers uh, poverty and hunger and all kinds of uh, difficulty and then uh, embraces ministry and does his miracles. And then he has his year of controversy and he goes to the cross uh, and he's put to death and then he's raised again. This is called the humiliation of Christ. And on the other side is the exaltation. So that's the context of, of what's being said here in um, in 2, 8, and 9. So he, he humbled himself and be, he became obedient to the point of death. And then there's a repetition there, even death on a cross, right? Uh, he became obedient to the point of death. And then there's an explanation there, the, the kind of death that he died, death on a cross, uh, a tremendous indignity, not just um, something that was invented by the Babylonians and then perfected by the Romans as a, a method of extreme torture and demonstrating that Rome is in charge and you better not challenge them. Uh, but the scripture says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Uh, the idea of dying and, while, while being on public display is, uh, is a tremendous shame. Um, so, uh, you know, the, 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 the clarification there, even death on a cross lays out uh, exactly how obedient he was. And so it says, therefore, following on that, that he humbled himself and became obedient and he obeyed to the point of death, uh, God has highly exalted him. God's raised him up. God has, has placed him in the highest place and he gave him the name that's above every name, right? This isn't just, um, this isn't a fancy secret name that no one knows about. It's that the title that he possesses. Um, we've just come through an election season, Right. And the, uh, the prize that, that these two men were grappling over was the title, the name, President of the United States. And uh, the name that's above every name is a name that's higher than any human title that can be given. Um, in, in the book of Revelation, we'll, we'll hear that Jesus' title is King of, King, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, you, if you're King of Kings and Lord of Lords, uh, you know, unless there's a, a higher title, that's as big as it gets. Um, and so he's given this title, um, and, and that's where the verse ends. So let's, let's walk through this and come up with some applications if we can. Um, is there a sin to confess in view of this? Well, not directly, um, but by way of example, there is. And I just I want to be careful— um, Preachers are good at, at, at milking secondary applications out of texts, okay? Um, when, when I ask the question, is there a sin to confess, my answer is no, there's not. Um, there's no direct, explicit sin that's stated here that we should confess. But by way of example, this entire section that we're looking at here in our fighter verse um, is following Jesus' example. And so there are some secondary applications that we can make. We can say, based on his example, uh, how should I live? Uh, and I think that, that the sin here is that uh, we often resist obedience. Uh, we refuse it. Sometimes we do it due to fear of rejection or the possibility of pain. Uh, we, we refuse to obey the Lord at times purely out of impulse because we view our own health and safety as paramount. We view that as uh, essential. Um, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4, uh, the, the writer will say, 
um, he says, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. In your struggle against sin, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Think about that. Jesus never gave in to a temptation. He endured his entire life. He, he was obedient to the Lord. He never stepped away or shied away from obedience. And when he went to the cross, his blood was shed and he had not yet, uh, and he never does, he never gave in to temptation. And yet many times we give in to temptation or, or we refuse obedience because we think that somebody might make fun of us or we think that we might suffer. Um, so there's an indirect example in terms of, of a sin to confess that, that many times we fail to obey um, for, for terrible reasons. Um, and those, the, the reasons are all the more terrible because of how shallow they are. Is there a promise to claim? Again, nothing direct. Uh, but we see in the scriptures that uh, Jesus says in Matthew 19.30, many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Uh, we see in Matthew 20.16, Jesus says the last will be first and the first will be last. And this is a, uh, a, a, a function of the way the kingdom of God works. We think that the kingdom of God, or we think that kingdoms work like the guy who is the boss is the guy who's on top, right? Um, and, and being on top, being the best, having everybody serve you is the, uh, the position of, of power and authority. And that's the best place to be, but that's not the way the kingdom of God works in the kingdom of God. The person who serves everyone is the most exalted. Uh, and so a, a promise that we can claim indirectly here is that, that we can say based on Jesus example, the route to exaltation is through humiliation. It's through obedience. It's through not only looking at your own interests in verse 4, but also to the interest of others. Um, Jesus gets the name that's above every name because he served in a way that no one else can. When we devote our lives to service of others, uh, we're not missing out on anything. Uh, we're, not, we're not being taken advantage of. Instead, we're actually uh, accruing... Uh, the esteem of, of God in terms of rewards for all eternity. Is there an attitude to change? Nothing direct. But again, by way of example, uh, this passage confronts our me first, my safety, my security. Um, and, and, it, and it says we ought to embrace obedience uh, even if it costs us something uh, because that's the path that Jesus took. Is there a command to obey? Again, nothing direct, uh, but carry down from uh, chapter two, verse four, the idea that we're to, uh, let, me, let me look at that again here in the scriptures. Yeah, it's verse four. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And the command, have this mind among yourselves. Um, we, we're, we're called to, imitate the example of Jesus as we think about obedience and the potential cost of obedience. We're, we're to say the road to exaltation, the road to uh, the best possible life that we could live is not by avoiding suffering and refusing obedience. It's walking the will 
of God and living that out. Is there an example to follow? Absolutely. Uh, And all applications, I think, in this passage are built on this because this is an example passage. Uh, Jesus, the example is that Jesus took a form consistent with his mind, with with, uh, his attributes and his way of living, and he acted in a way that was consistent with that. In the book of Hebrews, it says that he endured the cross. He despised the shame. Why? Because of the glory, the joy that was set before him. He, he knew that this was the way to obey God, to uh, redeem his people, to serve them in a way that only he could, and that this was God's will. And so uh, his, his, his example for us is he says, I take the form of a servant. Um, as, as believers, when we say, hey, I believe I'm called to reach other people with the gospel. I believe I'm called to serve my family. I believe I'm called to serve the church. I believe I'm called to, uh, to serve at work. And we take the form of a servant. We need to put that mind on and embrace it and understand that, that it's not just all going to be glory all the time. Um, obedience sometimes brings with it trouble and it brings... Uh, difficulty because of our station. Jesus took that upon himself and he lived through it. Um, is there a, I forget which, which P this is. This is a, uh, uh, oh, this is a prayer to, uh, to pray, right? The first one is promise to claim. The second one is prayer to pray. Nothing direct, no clear prayer here, but we can pray based on this, um, that we would restrict, restrict, resist being uh, distracted from our mission by our own uh, sense of self-worth, you know, by the fact that we continually exalt ourselves over others. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we can, um, we can, we can look to the Lord and, and we can say, I trust you. You know, I trust that, that you're going to follow through on this on this way of redeeming us, right? That that if we obey and, uh, and 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 humble ourselves in the sense of what your plan is, then you're going to follow through. Uh, you're going to lift me up, right? What does the scripture say? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up, right? That's that's His method, and so we ought to pray, Lord, help me to commit to living out this attitude and help me to trust that you're going to follow through on your promises. Um, uh, man, I'm blanking on my acronym here. I, when I write these out, I only write the, um, uh, I only write the abbreviations. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, sin to confess, promise to claim, attitude to change, command to obey, example to follow. We just did uh, prayer to pray, error to avoid, uh, we've talked about this. Um, again, nothing direct, but by way of example, uh, we, 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 we ought not to think that the, the, that the path to fulfillment is through uh, continuous exaltation. Instead, that humility uh, at times brings with it suffering and difficulty. That humility brings with it, uh, with it pain and suffering. Uh, we ought not to think that ex- exaltation was easy for Jesus uh, because he was God. Somehow he had all these uh, abilities and powers behind him that he could just uh, use to get advantage. No, he, uh, he obeyed. And there's a repeated emphasis on obedience here, right? He humbled himself and he became obedient to the point of death, 
even death on a cross. That means it was difficult. Um, and so let's avoid the error of thinking that uh, somehow it was easier for him and that somehow what's being asked of us is unfair. Is there a truth to believe? Yes, I believe that we can look at this and we can say that there are no shortcuts, um, that, there, that, that in terms of sanctification and accomplishing our mission, uh, that obedience is, is going to cost and that, there is, uh, that there's suffering there. Uh, that, that we could potentially embrace. Well, years ago, somebody asked me, uh, what was the most surprising thing that I learned preaching through the Bible text by text and page by page? And, and my, my answer to them actually kind of shocked me because I sat and I thought about it for a moment. And I said, I'm, I'm amazed at how much I talk about suffering and difficulty. It's on every page of the scriptures. People say Jesus is on every page of the Bible, and that's true. He is. Uh, we always see the grace of God. We see uh, his mercy. We see his kindness. Uh, we see that his mercies are new every morning, but over and over and over again in the scriptures, there are passages that point out that suffering is real and that obedience has a cost and uh, that the Christian life um, is difficult. And so um, we, we ought to believe this truth that if we're going to follow in Jesus' footsteps, that there will be suffering. Um, I think it was Spurgeon who, who said, um, does Jesus blaze a path to heaven in a river of his own blood, and yet we expect to be carried to heaven uh, wearing silver slippers? You know, the, the idea being like, you know, we walk in the way that, that he walked. Um, I think also a truth to be believed is that, is that there is a path to true exaltation. Um, and, and we find this again in, in other passages. Uh, humble yourself in the, high, in the eyes of the Lord. Humble yourself rather in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Um, is there something to praise God for? There is. Um, our salvation is founded on Jesus' obedience. Uh, he took the form of a servant. He died the cross-like death and took punishment upon himself. We, we will never face that. We will never face uh, the kind of death that he died. Um, some might say, oh, well, what about martyrdom? Well, martyrdom will be different. You'll be dying out of obedience. Uh, and it will not be uh, to, to take sin upon yourself as a substitute and to serve in that way. Um, we, we are foundation, our, the foundation of our salvation is the, the work that he's done on our behalf. Um, God's highly exalted him and put him in the right place as our Savior. Um, another thing to praise God for is that humility and exaltation is not dependent on being divine. Uh, it can be embraced by humanity. We can obey and we can serve in such a way that the Lord will say to us, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, there we go. There's some applications and implications from uh, from Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. I was going to say 2 Philippians, but if you go looking for it, you won't find it in your Bible. Um, but you will find Philippians chapter 2. Uh, feel free to comment on Facebook or Twitter. Shoot me an email. Send me a text message. I'll be back on Friday with any feedback and any additional things that I come up with in the meantime. 
Um, and if you disagree with me about something, feel free to do that. You know, we're, you're allowed. Uh, you can find out more about the concept of Fighter Versus, including an app and the annual schedule at fighterversus.com. Uh, I'll, uh, it's just been an absolute blessing to me over the years. And I love that uh, there are times where I talk to other pastors and they ask, um, you know, how we do worship services and stuff. And I say, we say a Bible memory verse every week. And they're like, really? And I'm like, you don't? Um, it, it's, I think it's been wonderful uh, to, to build this into the life of our church. So I hope you find this helpful. And I'd love to, uh, to take it the next step in terms of how we apply it in our lives. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Feel free, again, to uh, share this and to subscribe. You can learn more about HBC at harvestbc.com, and you can join our worship live stream on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or come and visit us. We'd love to meet you. We haven't already. Have a great day, and God bless.